we find ourselves deep in the Spellscar Desert, our outlaws, in search of a place known only as the Cradle of Quartz. It is a hidden, now abandoned location that was central to the Bry Faith. You guys managed to unearth its secrets in ancient texts and came out looking for a man known as Alamon Kosawana, a renowned inventor who seemed to have gone missing and left enough clues pointing you guys to this location. Uh, the reason he is so interesting to your employer is that he has potentially managed to unearth and reverse engineer the formula for Pyronite. Your job is to find and secure him before his knowledge has the potential to fall into the wrong hands, which has led you on a long excursion, four days out by airship, where you found the Cradle of Quartz, and within a mysterious entity, which you guys have called the Time Dog. A creepy dog that seems to teleport in and out at will uh, causes bloodless cuts to appear all over your body and has been stalking you ever since you stepped foot inside. Last session, the Rook managed to cut a deal with the tying dog in which he has promised to deliver, I guess is the right word, the right verb I would use, uh, one Olamon Kosawana to the time dog because the the creature is unable to get to wherever he is. This tr temporary truce, this creature has backed off and given you guys passage. And you have, at the end of the last episode, managed to find the old leader of the cult that took up residence here in the Cradle of Quartz whose name was Droxelos. And in his undead form, him and the rest of these inhabitants have been cursed to a life of undeath. And now he's been put down a second time thanks to Ruficule's crit. I think it was a crit? I think it was a crit. Yeah, it was a critical hit at the end of the last session, dealing a nice 35 points of damage, putting down Droxelos and giving you guys a moment to catch your breath. So that's where we kind of come in as the camera fades in. We see this room. It's Droxelos's chamber. His like undead skeletal form, just like bones shattered everywhere. The room in this chamber is not as, I guess, perpendicular. It's, it's not squared. All the walls are like undulating and have weird bends to them. Nothing here is at right angles from each other, giving you guys a nice sort of respite and place to catch your breath where the time dog theoretically can't get you because this chamber was kind of guarded against its effects and that's where we come in you guys look to be out of breath bloodied beyond that the scene is yours to do with as you wish hey sir so remind me again how we got away from that time dog Look, I shook a deal. Here, come inside. Shut the door. No, sorry, like waving towards Wefi. Ruffy and Wybert in so much as Wybert can fit through there. Right. That ghost is gone now, right? 
Yeah, we should be good. My head hurts like there's no fucking tomorrow, but... I wonder if I could do something about <laughs> Maybe. And off comes the shield, passes it over, or probably sets it on the ground, like, in front of Anita. If you wouldn't mind again. Of course. Hang on. Treat wounds. With assurance. I, I also am hurt, so I appreciate that, but I was referring to my banged up shield. Oh. Quick repair. With assurance. With, with assurance. So that's back to full. <laughs> the Hound of Tindalos is willing to let us move through here on points to where the cuts are like on visible on Saruk's skin. If we deliver Olamon to them. Any other stipulations? Like that a character was there? I don't believe so. You're asking about a character. I don't remember anything other than that. Just like you, you don't have to like kill him or sacrifice him. Just provide access to him. And we leave these alone. The creature can see through them. Oh, meaningful glance at Anita. No. I mean, maybe there's something where this uh, this spirit rested, unrested. God. I don't quite remember. Maybe it's something over here by, by the bed. In the sarcophagus, maybe. That's more your forte. If you'd like, you can, while, while sort of the downtime is kind of happening here, you can give me a perception check as you search the space with your exploration activities. Yeah, I might do. But even though Saruk isn't, like, talking about his wounds, he's obviously, like, hurt from where the wraith it was. Whatever incorporeal in debt we fought a month ago, fucked him up a bunch. That's right. It was incorporeal. It wasn't. It was incorporeal. It wasn't like actually bones and stuff. So yeah, there wouldn't be a bunch of bones scattered around, Ooh, would there? We're That's off to a great start. Look at that. That's because someone's been practicing at Pathfinder. Yeah, <laughs> this whole month just charging up my laser. <laughs> So as uh, Saruk and, and Hal, you kind of look around the room. Um, there's not a lot of like valuables that look like like trinkets or anything in this room. It's a very it's covered in like runes and writing and things like that. Everything that is on the wall seems to be carved, painted. Uh, there's almost like a dim sense of like magic that's been infused in this place. But I think with that high of a check the one thing you guys do find is that within this sarcophagus inconspicuously lying in the back of the room you do find the body of droxalos that's still in there where he died but given the nature of the positioning and stuff i think the big thing that saruk notices for sure is that it almost looks like this wasn't a ritualistic bearing and it wasn't peaceful it looked like this thing this, this man, this Droxelos, like, sealed himself in in trying to save himself from something. And just the position he's lying in makes it look like this was not a peaceful sort of resting for him. He had a violent end, a violent death at the oh. end of his life. But inside, there's nothing of value. You hate to see it. Rest in peace, you bastard. I don't uh, how long am I stupefied for, Steve? Am I still? I'm going to check. Well, yeah, I'm going to check what it says. Just double checking on because this was the this was from the creature's ability, right? The spectral corruption. 
So it's it was one hour from when it hit you. If unless you so on a successful save, you were stupefied too for one hour. Got it. And on a failure, you were also stupefied too for one hour. Looks like all the different levels of effects, it's one hour. Makes sense. We can push on if we need to. I think we have a moment, though. Certainly glances at the Eldritch walls. You're looking over that direction when we need to go that other direction. Yeah. Anyone else want to take a look at this? Look at what? My point around the corner. Oh, Chakwa. I'll poke my head around. The camera sort of shifts from Ruffy's perspective as he's pointing out down the hall, the door, and you see beyond what looks the best description you would probably give this looking at it is it's a long hall of crystals. The hallway appears less created by design and more like a natural fracture in the rock. The eastern wall that you see is just covered with giant hexagonal prisms more than a foot across and several feet long. Each of them ending in like that six-sided pyramid with razor sharp points. And the many colored crystals as your light sort of comes out of this room and hits it even from these like sconces uh, just kind of refracts the light and sends sort of rainbow prisms everywhere. It looks like a giant wall of quartz. Looks like a giant wall of quartz. Well, let's just wait a minute. Saruk's eyes are pointing different directions. Pulls down helmet over eyes. <laughs> we're going to sit here for an hour? I mean, we could talk about what we're going to do with Kosoana. It's not a bad idea. Is there, there's not like a door here. No, it's just open. It's like an open chamber. And, and as Ref, you step, you step out in the hallway just to take a peek. The hallway looks like it continues south for like quite a bit. But like right around here, you can tell the wall sort of ends in it. To the right, it opens up into like a... Looks like it opens up into a bigger chamber, at least. I'm all, I'm all for planning, but uh, maybe we should make sure there's not anything else trying to kill us that's going to, you know pop up at us when we're sitting and chit-chatting. And that means during the conversation, you're on lookout duty. Can you handle that? Sure. So I don't shoot the lights, that's what you're saying. No, and you can probably take that helmet off. Ah. Right. It does kind of help with all the lights refracting, though. Why well, could help could help you, Ruffy. I mean, he could just ring the alarm if anything pops up. Put the behemoth in the hallway and it'll block the passage. Must be nice, huh, Wybert? You can actually fucking fit somewhere in this cradle, of course. Yeah. One of the first places you can fit. Beep, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> All right, I'll, uh, I'll keep lookout. Uh, my vote is to feed the guy to the time dog. Right. And I pop out back to the hallway. Stay where I can see you. Please. Oh, okay. All right. So if, if we see Kosawana, do we drug him? Like, do we say, hi, hello? And then not come out. I can drag him anywhere you want me to. I'm not gonna. Listens for any disturbances in the walls before continues talking. Should I roll a perception check? You can roll a secret perception check or just a name. secret. If you want, just roll a perception check. You're listening for any sign of the time dog. I am. Who is? Suddenly a lead now. 
I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to let an innocent man die. I understand that the Hound of Tindalos wants that poor bastard dead, but there's more going on. There are miles and miles of contacts and probably someone who can help us back in Alkenstar if things go over not pear-shaped. When it inevitably does, then glances over to Hal. Yeah, you can drag him. I won't stop you. Yeah, part, part of the, the sort of deal was like the Hound specifically is looking to deal with people who are trying to alter the flow of time or mess with time, right? And that he has a sight set on Kosawana right now. If Kosawana is trying to alter the flow of time in some meaningful way, there obviously is a reason. If we can help him with that reason, obviously we can't turn back the clock, but... Are you saying you can't turn back time? No. I think you're trying to be funny, but my head is fucking killing me. I'm over here. Shut up. No, you're not. I mean, maybe we stop him from doing whatever it is he's doing before he gets too involved in it, before he gets, like, sucked up and loses time in his work. A viable third option. I just don't want to resort to lethal force or something that sacrifices someone who grand scheme of things is innocent until we are beyond a shadow of a doubt, sure. Are we going to consider maybe like a plan wherein if we do stop him from doing anything timey-wimey, try and sneak out of here without even getting the attention of the time dog? I know that's impossible, but... Yeah. Glances over to the rust bucket in the hallway. We can try. I like where your head's at. Because I know how he could see us. I mean, if I can fit, maybe Kosawana can fit. Oh. Oh, through NYBIT's butt? Maybe. Like that, yes. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. He could be a halfling for all we know. No, he's human. We've seen pictures of him. Right. Forgot. Whether or not we're throwing more junk at the trunk is we'll figure that out when we get there. Enough time passes that you can go ahead and drop the stupefied condition as well as you and any other like patching up you guys need to. I guess you guys pretty much patched up, but. I might chug a look of potion quick. What is the cooldown on battle medicine? Is it an hour? Battle medicine? A day. Or uh, treat, treat wounds even. Treat wounds, yeah. Uh, an hour. Can I Can I get one more? Also, I can't remove conditions. Theoretically, the, the 22 health you healed could have been doubled if you treat for the whole hour, right? Yeah, I could have, we could do that. Mm-hmm. So we can just call it that. 44. Nice. Condition removed. Everything like this, like, comes back into like a single unblurred bl- vision. Last question. Good. Do we keep Kosawana unaware of the time dog trying to look for him or something tells me he knows he's a smart guy yeah maybe we should have a conversation with him what in tarnation are you doing pretty much Pijok I'd like to summon my Eidolon yeah so I can pull the actual token but Kijok pops into existence and as he does he like gives you a curt nod, but you can see he's sort of sniffing the air and like very much nervous about what's going on in the area. Yeah, I don't like it either. Better here than somewhere angled. What can I do for you? 
It's safer here now. The occupants of this place won't be popping out of the walls and shredding us. I might need your help in case there are more. I point to where there might be like a any trace at all of dead incorporeal thing. In case more of that. Is the boy okay? He is being kept busy with Phoebe Dunsmith. Him and Dunsmith are uh, keeping some secrets close to the chest, but the boy seems fine. Good enough for now. Shall we, folks? Let's go! Up goes the shield. Out comes the big fuck-off Gundam cannon that a backpack ballista is. Yep. I'll bring to scouting. Yeah, we're back to our default uh, exploration activities, I'm assuming. No, because Ania can't unscrew the lights anymore. Oh, that's right. No more no more thieving. I mean, you could. you just told that it might anger some people. I will chastise you a lot. You know what? You're right, Wybert. I do look a bit like you with this helmet on, don't I? <laughs> so as you move into this sort of hallway, you can see like on the north side, it looks like the tunnel has been kind of dug out where there was future expansion in mind that never actually completed. The ceiling kind of like opens up. So most of the rooms are pretty low ceilings, like rooms. But in here, you know, it goes up like 20, 25 feet. And you can even see like in the ceiling here, there are glimpses of the sky above it's probably like late afternoon, so there's a little bit of light sort of streaming in from the ceiling that kind of gives entrance right here to this chamber. But as your eyes sort of look and see this large, magnificent wall of quartz, it's, it's a little amazing, and it kind of recounts some of the lore you heard about this place when it was first discovered so many years ago, and it was kind of in the the archives that you found. The The person that discovered it was kind of known as Harcourt the Fisher. And he said, you know, he kind of descended into a, a room full of crystals and spent weeks in awe. And when he emerged, only like hours had passed. And you can see this must have been what he found so many years ago. This long, beautiful wall of quartz. And uh, south of you, you can see that it, it seems to open up into something else. Um, I think anyone who's kind of hugging the far wall or approaching will notice that there seems to be a perfectly smooth geode of some sort in uh, in a sort of hexagonal chamber that kind of comes into view as you move closer. But you guys can choose what you'd like to do. Fascinating. Yeah. Just go to the far wall here. Yeah, so this this sort of chamber, the ceiling in this hexagonal chamber comes to a pyramidal point that reaches nearly 80 feet high into the like mountains like above. Uh, the most striking feature of this room is this large hemisphere of dazzling sandstone that's like 40 feet across, perfectly smooth, per perfectly spherical. The orb, which you know only half is visible like above the floor, is impossibly smooth, almost like a massive ball bearing or glass marble. And it's just set in the center of this chamber. Does it look like there are like entrances to it or something that might be carved in or? Hey, you want, so at a glance, just looking at it, 
perfectly smooth. There doesn't appear to be any signs that there's an interest or anything. But if you guys would like to spend some, if you want to spend some of your time sort of, you know, going around it, exploring it, you, you describe to me like what you guys are doing. And then I'll tell you like sort of what roles we can make. I guess next thing, the floor seems to change color here. Is that because of like light that it is pitched or like, is this a like a flag we would see? Where you guys are walking now, it's like more like op- like dirt, like actual natural floor. And then this chamber with the hexagonal walls and this, this sort of perfectly smooth object looks to be maintained. And it's got like actual like stone floor, like carved into it and stuff and, and tiles. And there's a bit of dirt sort of kicked onto it over the years. But it definitely looks less natural and less man-made and more designed like the rest of the temple. Interesting. Obviously, we're making a lot of noise moving through here, so that that airship has sailed. So I think Saruk's just going to, like, orient this way. Kosuana, we just want to talk. You can hear in this, like, large sort of chamber as your voice goes out. It almost echoes back at you and kind of breaks that quietness. But there's no response, no. To your words, there's no answer, no response. I'll head in. Could we get in deeper? Yeah. Yeah. By judging, this is like the next chamber. Top and bottom look like they were blocked off by the boulders. I mean, where else does this place go? Like, we're missing something or? You saw him in here? I didn't see him. It's process of illumination. Uh. Points at the big circle. In this hexagonal chamber, each corner has one of those, like, lights on the wall that glows and as you kind of walk past you notice like you know the angles the 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 smooth walls and you almost feel the the eyes like looking through the lamp like on you aware that you are pretty much being watched right now if there's any place kosona would be hiding in it would be this circular thing honestly because of the lack of acute angles yeah, as you guys move around this chamber, like, what is each one of you doing? Could I, like, just brush my hands against the wall, trying to look for a, like, a door or a lever? Yeah. You can make a, make a secret perception check for me on that one. I'm going to clue in, Anita. I think Hal's looking, looking out for any signs of danger and he's got his sword out and he's just walking around like, peeking around as he walk rounds this south side of this corners and then sees Saruk on the other side and kind of relaxes and looks around like something ain't right so he's still scouting still scouting still focusing all your attention on waiting for danger okay yeah Ruffy I'm just keeping an eye on Annie following Annie I did a plus one all right, plus one on, on Anita's. And Saruk, what is Saruk doing in this sort of interval? I think it's like, we're nervous. Oh, God, definitely the hound is watching us. Then Anita starts touching shit, and the <laughs> Aladdin energy fires on. It's just like, don't, don't touch that. Don't know. And that's me aiding her. While Kijok is, I guess Kijok could be watching behind us. Yeah. So Anita sort of gives a once over, like, kind of running her hands like along the smooth marble exterior and you you go around like the whole thing you spend like 10 minutes of time searching for some seam some way to get in 
and you come across you come out of it unable to find anything anita and it almost impresses you that something this large could be made without joining together multiple objects and you start to wonder is this naturally formed is this something that's been constructed in such an advanced way that it's able to hide the construction pieces it's kind of impressive but you don't find a way in unfortunately i can't find a way in but i mean never really stopped us why but here he could maybe bulldoze his way into this thing i think uh keyjock with a 30 there on that that sort oh, of wow. uh search and and helping i think what keyjock notices most that kind of guides you guys is in this like southern area where the dirt kind of transfers into the stone there is signs of like very faint you'd have to like be really good and know what you're looking for but there are signs of footprints coming up from the south and sort of the footsteps are hurriedly kind of coming around the north end of the sphere so the footsteps kind of come up this way before petering out but they look rushed like the feet were dragging dirt behind him and it was somebody running and they look relatively fresh compared to the rest of the chamber now it's a little bit harder to see now that you guys have walked around and add your own footsteps to the mix but it definitely looks like somebody recently came through and sort of came up from the south and rounded around the north side of the sphere and they end like right here right around there's where like you only you're you're seeing like the dirt being carried into the room and right around there, it just kind of looks like the dirt gets so faint that it becomes impossible to track where they might have gone after that. Sir tries to say this really quietly, but I imagine in this chamber and with his size voice carries, I could always ask our friend. They've been here for longer. They might know. I don't like it, but. Did you see these footprints, though? The thinnest, longest feet I've ever seen. I'm not Chakwa. <laughs> I also tend to, I'm not a very good um, searcher for stuff, so it could, I could just have missed whatever door that's in it. Perhaps. If anyone is opposed, speak your piece. Turns towards this eye. Just trying to think, what else? I mean, this is the only circular thing we found in here, right? Correct. So is that helmet? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Can't really hear you that well. I tried to speak quietly, Rafi. We have all the eyes on us. So how, uh, as you drift south down this hallway, you can kind of see, kind of trace the footprints back in the opposite direction that they came from. And you do see like sort of the hallway looks from here like it's just a dead end hallway. But you do notice as you get closer that on this side of the wall, there's very clear signs that there's a secret door on this wall here. Like from this side, it's not very secret, but the way it's it's set into the wall, you can tell from the other side, it would probably have been a secret door. I'll go back to hear what Rafael has to say. I was just thinking that. I mean, this place has to do with like timey wimey type stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the clock is round, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Generally. Wasn't there something with funny with Kosawana's clock or something? Yeah, something about the 13th hour. 
I'm also remembering if one of the reasons why the why the time hound didn't he didn't it say that he has some constraints or restrictions on on getting Kosawana? I mean, this seems like a restriction because there's no angles to it. Which means somehow Kosawana got I tapped the dome. Go on with the clock theory. I mean, no, that's about as far as I got. I mean, I, I was hoping your brains would get taken a bit further. Fair. I mean, maybe there's supposed to be a 13th position that's supposed to open. I mean, maybe there's something in that control room down the hallway here. There's, there's a, a control, control room, room down the hallway? I mean, there's a there's a secret door. In the, <sighs> Albert Beastwood. Footprints, like, run. Maybe it runs in that position to the 13th position. Perhaps there's some kind of lever do you want us to stay in here in case a door opens? Sure, I'll be quiet and sneak down the hallway and just don't know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll be here where the footprints stop. Then Hal takes off his hat and puts it on the puts it on the the light right here so we can fade into the darkness. Okay, dimming the light just a bit opens the door doors down here just a little bit more so as as you sort of slide the door open and peel or peek through the beyond um you see the similar blue light in the chamber ahead of you kind of folding out these hexagonal blue lamps it looks like there is almost like um a desk chamber of some sort you see an old desk uh like kind of rotten wooded chairs a bunch of like shattered destruction it looks like something Terrible kind of came through here, but it does look like this alcove contains like the remnants of a bed, a work table, a writing desk. Mm-hmm. It appears like you're almost looking into some sort of living space. Any any obvious non-human footprints or signs of danger in here? Uh, give me a secret perception check. Let's say. There is signs of footprints in this chamber, um, relatively fresh. I would say no more than a few days old and a very distinct scent of like rot and decay that reminds you of when you fought the creatures earlier in your foray here into the Cradle of Courts. You, you had fought some priests, some undead creatures that kind of burst out and attacked you. Seems like you kind of pieced together this might have been where they were living before they attacked you. But it sounds quiet now. Still silence here. Get down the hallway and say, Saruk, I think you're more familiar with some of this stuff over here. It smells a little bad, but it looks like somebody's living here. And I'll kind of motion him over. Hey, you want me to look at it right now? All right. I'll leave Kijak like with Ruffy and Anita and I will make my way down. And I'll miss the door. All right. I step into the room. Once you step into here and you're kind of it's kind of weird. You almost get like a small sense of deja vu as you look at the room from this end. But this is the same 
room that you saw through Kijok's eyes a few days previously, like maybe like two days ago when Kijok went scouting ahead. Um, Kijok came in through the like sort of front and you guys, you guys are kind of looping around and coming in the back through the secret door. But it's a, it's definitely a space you've seen before. Poor bastards. I'll, is there anything like on the desk? All like most of the wood and the, the utensils, like everything here has been like rotted and decayed over time. I, I would say the thing you notice are like the gouge marks, the slash marks and the sort of like blood stains in the wood that look old, like decades old. To remind myself, the priests of Bry were brought here by Jaxolos, who was pretending to be a priest of Bry, but actually was a priest of Yogg-Sothoth, I think. And then that's how they lost their faith and why they became Hurexen afterwards, right? Correct, yeah. It looks like in their death they were reincarnated as Hurexens and forced to live here ever since. I would say the one thing that you do notice, like, you don't see, like, any, like, maybe, like, writing utensils, things like that, but you do see that there are lots of old crates of, like, clockwork pieces and gears and sheet metal and tarp and things that could be used to build things that maybe in life they were building and designing and inventing things here that have been sat untouched for the last 40 years or so. It is perhaps the right thing to do to bring this back. I pick up crates. Okay, yeah. I don't have an object for that or anything, but you could go ahead and mark that you just have essentially like, there's a lot of bulk here. There's probably like four plus bulk worth of like spare parts and things. Nope, never mind. That's going to throw out my lumbar. We'll get it after if we can. You can take some of it, but yeah. I'll take just this one sprocket specifically. (laughs) I can carry that stuff if you need me to. I'm a bit light on my feet. Want me to carry that desk for you? Not the desk. I think they, maybe if they had the choice in life, they would want their work to continue. They were led here and they were tricked and that's why they became what they did. That doesn't sit well with me. If nothing else I need, I could use it. I think the thing you would notice too is like some part of you would understand this would probably be a good amount of materials to repair an airship had it been broken. Oh, really? How? Wildly specific. (laughs) Good thing we had someone who was real good at shooting fake dragons, huh? Exactly. We should get back to the others before Refi does something stupid or Anita starts stealing something. Speaking of which, uh, in the time that they're gone, uh, Refi got a little bit bored and started taking the barrel of his gun and just tapping the crystals, the quartz crystals on the wall. Just see if they make any sound. They do. I mean, it, it sounds like you would expect like hitting like giant oversized like quartz crystals. Each one has like a different resonance and a different frequency. They don't break. They don't trigger anything, but it just kind of you can hear the silence broken by Refi drumming on the uh, quartz crystals with the barrel of his gun. Refi, you think you can take one of those out? Because it, it is a power source. Are they? Just thought they were a bit pretty. They're pretty and useful. I mean, hang on. I'll come to you. Give me a quick crafting check, Anita, or for Anita. Like a recall knowledge crafting check. Uh, secretly? Uh, yeah, you can make a secret since it's a recall knowledge. Question marks. From what you would know is 
quartz is very pretty, but in terms of value, it's not the most valuable material in Alkenstar. There, you are true that there are some untapped potential in quartz that you've learned about recently, and quartz is a very holy stone in the Temple of Bri, but in Alkenstar, you, you pretty much can't expect to get more than like a silver piece per dozen of these crystals. They're not... You could take the crystals, but you can't expect to get a good payday back in Alkenstar. It's like when you're a tourist in Hawaii and you know that you shouldn't grab a rock from the beach, but you still grab a rock from the beach. Yes, Steve. <laughs> That's what she's doing right now. <laughs> oh, God. This is, I'm, I'm a bit confused because it's more of a hallway, right? Right. Shouldn't this place be called like the hallway of courts? That's true. I don't know. I still have to familiarize myself with Bride. So far, she's for someone who's who's kind of like sold as very direct. There are some like there's a lot of vagueness to her as well. I could ask her again if I die. Uh, let's wait on that a bit. See if you know we can hold off. In any case, I'll just pop the question up, and then if I come back, I'll just tell you what she told me. Maybe by then you'll be, like, even more machine, right? Right. An actual machine. Or if she tells me, oh, no, you don't have, you can't go back anymore. It's a one-time deal. Then I'll just wait for you to go to get there to, like, Bri as well. I have a feeling I might not be going to the same place you are, Annie. Well, we could meet at that river. I do remember a, a river. So, like, we'll meet at the river... Because I do feel like I'm going to die before you. So I'll ask, I'll die. I'll ask Bri the question and then we'll meet at the river and then I'll tell you the answer. That's not happening. You dying before me. It it did though, Rafi, it did. Kind of got me that one. <laughs> What's taking them so long? Are they okay? But it isn't going to happen again. Sir comes walking up. You... Never deserved to have anything like this happen to you. And you, underneath all of the grit, there is a spark of goodness that I see. And I'm not going to let either of you come to harm. And we're going to get out of this. And there are brighter days ahead. Even under the helmet, you can see it. God damn it, Ruffy. The sort of end of that sentence is like kind of punctuated by like what sounds like a kind of a loud, like banging metal noise. And you kind of turn around and it looks like Wybert has kind of like stumbled and fallen to his knee and kind of cre create like a loud bang in this kind of quiet area. And when you sort of turn and look, Anita, um, you realize that like the floor, one of the tiles that he stepped on gave way under his weight and sort of fell in and he lost his balance and fell forward and kind of got banged up. Everyone, look around for a door that probably opened. The Wybert struck 12. But like as Wybert stands back up, yeah, as Wybert stands back up, you kind of see he's, his leg had fallen into a hole. And as he pulls his leg out, you can see that this tile that has now like kind of cracked in creates an opening that looks like it opens up into a crawl space um, right on the north end of the, the sort of crystal, the geode, right around here. You think a Temple of Bri would have a bit better uh, construction? It's actually a Temple of Yogg-Sothoth, disguised as a Temple of Bri, but we can deal with Those that later. Tight. Never change, Ruffy. Good job! Yeah, Wybert, what 
What luck of providence you have. <laughs> I'm going to crawl in there and take a look. I mean, I can go down there. I should go first. I'm sure I know where this goes. I mean, I can disappear. To what now? I can crawl in there and disappear. Is there any light sources down there? There are no Completely light sources. Dark. I can get in and get out. And I can see whatever's there probably can't see me. Saruk nods and positions himself such that his shadow is cast over the crawl space. I think Hal gets his rope out and hands one, one half to one half to Saruk. He's about to say, tie this around your waist, but then he looks up kind of seven foot and says, never mind, just hold on to it. And I think Hal will slowly start to descend into the hole. And as he starts to go down, he will go invisible or fade into the shadow. Sneaking around, fading into the shadows. Sure. This crawl space is pretty tiny, right? So you're basically like on your hands and knees as like a, a normal sized human crawling through it um, at like a slow pace, trying to be quiet and sneaky. Um, but the rest of you just kind of watch how sort of crawl into the, the space and disappear from your view. So how kind of like crawls on hands and knees goes into the, uh, the tunnel. And we see sort of as he crawls into the dark, our scene sort of fades completely to black. And as it does, we're left with nothing but like a dark screen. The sounds of the, the previous scene sort of fade to nothing. Um, and slowly we kind of hear a noise that kind of starts low and kind of builds. The bustle and muffled talking of a large group of people. The camera does a quick cut from this black and we can see a person walking away from the camera that has kind of created the blackness and we're following this person as they walk and weave their way through a cat a crowd away from the camera this man by all accounts looks to be in his early 30s his clothes well kept displaying the traditional colors of bry white with gold threading Olaman Kosawana smiles warmly at those in the room he recognizes, exchanging pleasantries. As he leaves, we see lingering stares and whispered snickers behind him. A man whose reputation has seen better days. As he has stopped once more to talk with an esteemed professor, we hear his voice for the first time over the muffled crowd. Yes, I've been to dozens of presentations that all claim to alter the course of Alkenstar, and we've yet to even slightly adjust our course. Skilled clockwork is, and always will be, our future. As he is finishing his sentence, he is bumped, causing him to drop the pamphlet he's holding to the ground. The camera follows it to the ground, and we see a familiar face on the pamphlet. Vashon Gattleby presents an explosive future. In it, we see a character of Gattleby smile plastered on his face, holding what we now know to be Pyronite. He's leaning over a small safe. A hand reaches into frame, picking it up and handing it back to Kosawana. And as the camera pulls back a bit, we see it is a younger Anita. No clockwork gears, less scars. Oh, Thank you, dear, says Kosawana. Sorry about that. She just smiles and turns back to her friends, who all giggle 
before making their way back towards the student seating section. Hosawana excuses himself and takes a seat. We get a shot here in the back of the auditorium of a now recognizable face, D.B. Dunsmith, sitting discreetly a few rows back, her wide-brimmed hat covering most of her face. We've seen this story before. We hear Gattleby giving his spiel, talking about his new invention, Pyronite, a safer alternative to black powder, one that will cause less accidental death. But our camera view in this version never leaves Kosawana's face. It's pushing in slower, closer to his face as the scene unfolds. We can hear the safe being rolled onto the stage, its sturdiness being demonstrated. Bolts from this day on, black powder is a relic of the past. The sound of a fuse being lit. The frame is filled with a close-up of Kosawana's bored face. Then the explosion. Sound goes out in the scene, replaced with nothing but a high-pitched whine in our ears. Horrified people around Kosawana begin to scramble over each other, trying to make their way out of the theater. We see some being carried, bloodied, blurred in the background. But Kosawana doesn't move. He's staring at this scene, staring at this demonstration. And the look on his face has changed to display a single emotion. Fear. There's a quick cut to a workshop. A clock with 13 hour hands ticks away in the otherwise silent scene. Masu, his cat, sits curled, sleeping within reach. Kosawana is sort of lost in thought and idly petting her. Only the click clack of the clock making any noise, breaking the silence. Finally, Kosawana speaks. This invention will ruin us. Such deadly force in the hands of the common man. No, it is too much. Our temple. And there's a pause, a stinging recoil as he says the words, the memory of his recent forced departure. Not our temple, the temple. Without their safeguards to protect it. Alkenstar is ruined. He stops petting. A moment of realization and determination sets over his face. Bry, guide me. Yes, if this formula is complex enough, rare enough, maybe it won't be so bad. Maybe there's a chance. Almost at once, we can see Kosawana jumping to his feet. We get a quick montage sitting over the desk, the click clack of the clock watching over him, mixing chemicals, lighting the fuse, a small fizzle over the desk, mixing chemicals, bigger explosion over and over, over. His beard grows every cycle, his face thinner, leaner. The pile of paperwork and notes gets taller, messier. We see one final shot, a long, slow pan across the workshop. 
Posawana is working frantically, mixing something together. Could it be that simple? Surely not. His words are distant. The camera passes behind a flask filled with some clear liquid. As it does, and we see this strange distorted figure refracted in the liquid. We see a strange shadowy form standing over Kosawana. As he moves about grabbing chemicals, mixing things, we see the shadow moving his hands like a puppet, whispering into his ear, guiding him. Camera moves past the flask and Kosawana is again alone, this time holding up a stick of pyronite. Soda ash and a pinch of spell scarred desert salt as a stabilizer. So simple and yet he gets up off his stool, almost sleepwalking as he moves across the corner of his workshop his testing site he lights the fuse steps back behind the sandbags the resulting explosion says it all the clockwork he's testing on explodes sending shards flying everywhere burn marks scorch the dirt Masu screeches and rushing out, rushes out of the workshop all the while Kosawana is slumped over in tears his discovery cut two days later a bottle of whiskey sits half empty on the desk Kosawana looks defeated his eyes swollen and red a newspaper sits under the bottle the camera shifts to show us the headline chaos at bottleneck bridge that'll be attacked picks up the bottle taking a long swig well, they had the right idea anyway. Maso is here, rubbing against Kosawana's legs, trying to get his master to pay attention. But Kosawana stares, unable to even feel the cat on his leg, picks up the bottle, takes a long swig. Somebody has to have the guts to do what is necessary. A long pause. Silent moment is drawn out for too long. Then it's interrupted by the chiming of the clock on his desk. Dong, dong, dong. Posawana looks down at the firearm on his desk. Three more chimes of the clock. He slowly reaches for it, taking a moment to admire the quality of the work. Another three dongs. Why? Why did you have to show me how easy it is? He removes his holy symbol of Bri, tossing it onto the desktop in anger. Three more dongs. The firearm is loaded. The click of the hammer. 
a silence. And then the 13th chime. Dong. Osawana pauses, looks up at the clock. The 13th ordinal. His eyes go wide. Yes, of course. How could I not consider? As if re-energized, Kosawana puts the firearm down on his desk. He begins digging through his files, looking for all his papers on the concurrent heresy. Those penned by the 13th Ordinal himself. This, this is his purpose, he realizes. This is why Bri tested his faith, exposed him to the forgotten teachings, led him to the formula. Somebody has to have the guts. Do what is necessary. See a revitalized man, clean shaven, showered, the workshop still a mess. It's daytime now. Beautiful clockwork sphinx sitting near the open loading docks. Explosions of gunshots ringing off screen. Kosawana looking towards it nervously. We see him running around to the clocks setting each to the time of two hours, two minutes, and seven seconds. He loads his quartz crystal into his most recent venture and closes it gingerly. You see him talking to his cat. Hmm, my friends will be worried, Masu. Make sure you help them find me. The world should know what I did here today. It's my turn to course correct the future of Alkenstar. As he jumps into the clockwork creature and flies off, we hear gunfire ringing out. Masu runs high hissing from the back door into the streets. And a group of gangsters, each with their golden guns, runs through the frame, firing at Kosawana as he flies off into the distance. Single footsteps in the frame. Barefoot and hairy. And as the shooting stops, a hand-rolled cigarette falls into the frame, stomped out by the heel of this barefoot. You hear the rustling and the click of the lighter, though the camera never moves up. I searched the place. It might be here. From there, the screen goes dark again. And we return to the silence, the rustling of Hal Brent, hands and knees crawling through the dark tunnel. And Hal, you find yourself sitting shortly, open at the hollow geode, the central chamber here in the cradle of quartz. This hollow amethyst geode is as perfectly smooth on its interior as it is on its exterior. If not for its sheen, colorful array of hues, it would be easy to mistake the interior for glass or obsidian. But what your eyes are drawn to is a strange disc-shaped platform of purest iron floating in the center of the sphere. A five-foot-tall Segment has been cut out of the lower half of the geode, which you're crawling out of. And there's this strange metal 
circular platform floating a few feet off the ground right in the chamber and there with its back to you sits the still silent outline of a man that's where we're going to go to our break that's where we're going to pick up Steve, every fucking time you do that, I'm reminded just how lucky I am that I get to play with you because holy fucking shit, those are so good. I know, it's really riveting. <clears throat> really riveting. It's easy to understand what happened to Kosawana. I mean, and we, we the players that have no goddamn clue because we don't get to see the things. We just show up and he says the things. He says, mm, gotta, mm, show it's the good. Players, gotta show the audience, but not the characters what's going on, but it is fun. But um, that's going to be our break. We're going to come back and then Hal can meet the mysterious. Is it Kosawana? Perhaps. But we'll see when we come back what's going on. So while we're at break here on the show, take the time to support us if you can. Head on over to twitch.tv slash recall knowledge and subscribe. Follow if you haven't yet. There we go. Sassafras Lass is now following. Thank you. If you have a Twitch Prime sub or a regular sub, we'll gladly thank- take that as well. Also, head on over to youtube.com slash recallknowledge. It's a great place to catch up on all our past, catch all of our future shows, subscribe. We have lots of learning videos on there, all kinds of cool stuff. And um, we're going to be back in 10 minutes with some more Outlaws of Alkenstar. So take a minute, clear your brain, and come back to find what's at the heart of the Cradle of Quartz. Dun, dun, in 10 dun, minutes. Dun, dun. The donging of the 13th dong. Dong's back on Recall Knowledge. <laughs> so we're back. Welcome back to the 13th donging. Why does that sound like a really bad porn from the 90s? I don't know, man. It's I guess that's Paizo's new, uh, new venture, the 13th donging. What was that movie that Antonio Banderas was in? Help me out, guys. 13th Warrior. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that being said, we are back. So welcome back. Thanks for sticking through our <laughs> break. So in we we resume our outlaws deep within the cradle of courts and the donging in the cradle of courts. Um, <laughs> we find the central dark chamber, this perfectly smooth interior of the geode as Hal Brent Beastwood crawls forth stands up and looks up and sees a man huddled knees in his chest arms wrapped around him back to you sitting in the complete silence staring off into space doesn't appear to have noticed you how what would you like to do i think Hal's gonna tug on the rope a couple times circle start moving yeah you two stay out here, would you? If you hear gunfire, well, then you're on, Ruffy. You mind watching my back? Right. I gotcha. Before Sarek starts moving, Sarek does the, like, the predator bro handshake, right? Everybody knows what that is describing. It's like grab, squeeze. Be careful, you two. And I'm gonna... I, I think I'm visually hoping I'm thinking the same thing that you are. The predator bro handshake? Yeah, with or arm clasping kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, with the, uh, this thing. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and the guy whose name I can't remember. You son of a bitch! <laughs> right? We all know. He's master. And drop down in. I think Hal, once he feels slack on the rope, he's going to like look around and on and be like, what is this place? Kosawana, why are you here? And he looks over his shoulder as Saru approaches. Don't panic. We just want to talk. Even as you talk and break the silence of this room, Kosawana doesn't stir, doesn't react, doesn't move at all. The back still to you. You can see the like breaths he's taking and the movements, but he's not responding to your words. I'm coming closer. And Sirk's gonna start making his way over. Like as he's doing, so I'm gonna undo the rope. And lest combat start, and somehow me and Hal are stuck to each other trying to fight. Kosawara. Yeah, you kind of come around the side and you're talking, and you can see just like the way he's behaving. There's like a thousand mile stare on his eyes and a glazed over look that in your sort of sizing him up almost looks slightly catatonic here at the moment. Okay. Uh, I think Saruk is going to... Do I think I can fireman carry this guy? Oh, yeah, this guy compared to you for sure. I'm going to I'm going to pick you up. I don't know if you can hear me and I'm going to arm around him and try to get him up. I think as you kind of come around, you're saying this and your words are falling on deaf ears. But the minute you sort of like circle around and kind of come even in his peripheral view of vision, something almost clicks in him. And there's like a fear in his eyes as he screams and like scrambles back towards the center of the platform away from you. And there's like that reaction, that quick instant where he looks petrified. I know what that means. I know he's not actually frightened, but I have this. I'm going to keep using it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Give him the uh, reduce the panic of this creature with the diplomacy check. Okie doke. It's fine. I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, you're my lead, Kosawana. Of course you are. Definitely is. Come the fuck on. I'm going to burn my first hero point. I would like to okay. do better than that. Let's do better than that. It's the same oh, number. Yeah. Uh, 21 it is, I guess. So uh, 21's not enough to uh, sate this creature's panic. It is not a success. This is considered a failure, so it doesn't actually reduce his panic. You watch as he's like, like almost like half-heartedly kicking away at you, scrambling backwards and just saying like like you see him like like closing his eyes you know you can tell he's trying to like avoid eye contact with you he's like no no stay away stay stay away and he's like kicking half-heartedly at you you don't need to avert your eyes i'm not a hound of tindalos i'm me i'll switch to mwangi i think i'm here to help as as you sort of speak these words and like, you know, he feels a little bit safe that the, you know, there's no immediate attack. The, the panic subsides over like the next like 10 seconds or so. And like the sort of eye like opens up and he sees you sort of standing there speaking back at him. And he realizes you're not an immediate threat. 
and his eyes sort of panic, like look around the room. How are you still sneaking and skulking about? Yeah, I'm going to use my shadow mark and kind of shift off to the left and, and try to avoid his notice, not to panic him. So he, he looks around the room and he just sees Saruk. He doesn't see anyone else. And he looks right at you, Saruk, with panic. I tried. I had to try. You had to try what? Start at the beginning. His eyes like around the room. It seems like he's having a hard time focusing here. Like his brain seems scattered. He's been here alone for like a long time. Just looking at him. He looks thirsty. He looks hungry. You know, break out. And it, it looks like he's indifferent to you at this point. He's not really receptive to what you're saying and asking. It doesn't seem like he's in the right mental state. Out of character, all the fucking chocolate that I had. God damn it. <laughs> I think Sirk is going to break out his water skin. Here, you look thirsty. Drink, please. Give me a diplomacy check and give me an item, a water bonus. <laughs> Let's say he's really thirsty. I'm going to give him a plus two water bonus on this one. All right. I'll call that untyped and it's a water bonus. <laughs> no, it's an item bonus. Oh, OK, sounds good. Yeah, I suppose it was a bonus from that, isn't it? Hockey dokey, and you said that was plus two. And that's added. Don't do another 21. I consider about it. 34. So as you present the water skin and like you almost like can see like licking in the dry mouth as you're holding it out to him. He like kind of reaches out and like snatches it from you really quick and just immediately begins like guzzling as much water as he can. As he does, this sort of improves his disposition towards you from an indifferent to a more stable mental state and more. That's a pretty high roll. So we'll say he's moved all the way up to like friendly with you. And he's so parched and you just watch him drink. That was very uncouth. I I apologize. And he hands you back like a half drink water skin. Don't worry about it. You've had a really hard go of it. Now, from the beginning, what did Majagwa's name is going on? He does sort of look you up and down as you say that. And he says, you, you're, uh, you're not from the temple, are you? I removed the badge. MSSP. I'm here to help. Did they, did they not even sense, did they send you? It's a really complicated story. There are a lot of things ticking right now, though. I promise we can talk about it later. Right now, though, from the beginning, please. There's this fella named Vashon Gattleby. I'm aware you are aware of him. So you you've heard about his invention. I have that invention will be the ruin of our entire city. It's child's play to make any first year alchemist that Blithier could whip it up. You got to understand it's has the potential to alter our future for not for the good. And you can just see like he's sort of panicking himself and then he, he studies like Bri showed me the way, showed me my path forward. This place, you know what this place can do, don't you? I've heard stories. Why don't you tell me what you think it can do? Well, to put it simply, and he kind of pushes the glasses up on his nose, this place can turn back time. Put it in more broad terms. What are you planning? I had to stop him. It's, he's too much dangerous to be left alive. Had right, right. Trusted me. I had to. I had to go back and and kill him before he invented it. You know what I mean, right? You you see 
the conundrum here. Adelby has to die. Did you kill him? Isn't that simple. I showed up and there were these creatures, these heretics, these they wore the cloth of Bri, but something was not right with them. And this this hound of Tindalo stalks the corridors and he chased me and everything struck at me. But it didn't matter. She protected me. She deflected their blows. She led me here to this geode. This is where I can make it all happen. And he stops and he looks around the room. I could only figure it out. I, I don't know how this chamber works. You're a smart man, yeah? Of course you are. Of course, the, the time properties, this geode, it must be some central. This platform is a central focusing of all the energy. Correct. Do you know what a Horexon is? Well, of course. And you know that the people out there who chased you here, who are Horexon. Yeah, but just because they wavered in their faith doesn't mean I have to waver in mine. They were led here. Out of character, do we have like a like a journal or a, some kind of like clear proof of what Joxos was doing here? You did. Somebody had found, like, looted the journal with all the information. Um, you guys haven't really had time to really read and digest the whole journal, but the first and last entry sort of gave you the gist of the plan. So you do have a physical I journal. I think that's the leather-bound book that Saruk has. Probably. I'll withdraw it, pass it over. Last page. Bri has nothing to do with this place. This is the workings of a great old one. Lie. Read it. What game is this? I'll just turn to the last page, hold it up in front of him. It's like completely dark in here. He actually has a hard time seeing. He's like, do you have a light? Not oh, never, never mind. And you see he goes to cast like the light cantrip. Um, and as he does, kind of like looks at his hand and he's he does the motion and like nothing happens. I'll pull one of the. It's ironic. I've given Anita so much shit. Because I have this ever-burning torch in my inventory. <laughs> but I'll pull the ever-burning torch and presumably it still works. Oh, yeah. As I do that, when I turn that on, do I get the sense that uh, there might be someone else watching in here? I'm going to quickly glance at it. Given that it's it's not affixed to the wall and like gazing into it and stuff, you're pretty sure you're safe. It, you, you get the sense that the... The eyesight and stuff only works when it's like connected and in, in, in the sconces and in the wall. So here, this ever burning torch here in this circular chamber, you do feel alone, shielded from the creature's eyes. But as Kosawana like begrudgingly like looks and reads the journal, you see his eyes go wide as he reads. You see like beads of sweat forming. Literally, as he kind of reads, you watch. Give me a perception check, sir. Oh, I will. Do you want a secret or not? Uh, no, you can make it public. That's fine. 22. 22. You start to notice some telltale signs with the, like, the skin starts getting a little flushed, the beads of sweat, the eyes flickering. It's, his eyes start, like, doing this, like, sort of glazed over thing. You recognize the signs that this guy's about to have, like, a panic attack and probably pass out. So I'm going to lower the book. I'd like to offer a third option. Can I? 
he's hyperventilating as he like reaches out and has his hand like on your shoulder. The whole this whole this this dude's whole belief system is being challenged by what you've just shown him. And he's looking for anything to grasp onto. I'm gonna give him back the water. Drink this. Deep breaths. It's not your fault. It's the fault of a something that has been destroyed. I understand why someone would be led to something like this. It's okay. I'll just like squeeze his arm. Don't understand. I gave up everything. Everything. My life, my beliefs. And he looks at his hand and you can see him trying to cast spells and like light cantrip. Like nothing seems to work. And he feels himself like the magic that he's wielded his whole life has been like drained from him. Not everything. You are still alive, and people who are alive can atone. Masu is still alive, and we've been looking out for them. Janaya. Do you know who Janaya is? I'm guessing you do. He he looks confused. He's like, uh, Masu's my cat. Who's Janaya? You didn't realize there was a child living in it. Never mind. We'll focus on the cat then. Your cat is alive, safe and sound. You're alive. Oh, Masu, did you... F- you feed him? Yes, of course. Little... Oh, great. You can come back from this. I understand that as a concept, Pyronite is really dangerous, and believe me, I agree with you. But you're a smart guy, and things that can be used to destroy can also be used to innovate, to create, and the difference here is the application and the person applying it. I bet you can think of a hundred different things to do with Pyronite that would advance Alcazar in productive, good ways. I mean, of course, but like without the temple's guidance and the rigid structures and the rules and regulations, it's going to be a bloodbath out there. Like the destructive power of the strongest mage from Nex in the hands of some gunslinger on the corner. I'm not saying it's not going to be rocky. Change almost always is. But when there are more weights on the side of good, you understand. And even if you figured out how to do it, I don't think you're willing to sell yourself to the ruinous powers of the dark tapestry to fix it. Are you? No, but it's elementary. I mean, any any idiot. Could figure, I figured it out in just a few days working on it. Like, how hard could it be? Correct. Pyronite is like the worst kept secret in all of Alkansar. I'm coming to figure out. They're going to figure it out eventually. If there's someone, someone like you, who can help steer people, use the teachings of Bri, use your own logic. You're an incredibly smart man. You can be the change that you want. And you can work against the change that you don't. Can you do that? Well, might have a slight problem with that. You're referring to the Hound of Tindalos? I'm referring to the ruffians that broke into my workshop and shot at me. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Short version. We have kind of a checkered past with them as well. We have a common enemy. Yeah, well, when when I came here to, you know, go back in time and kill baby Gallaby, 
let my formula fall into their hands. I mean, I looked back and I saw this halfling fella dressed to the nines uh, rummaging over my notes. I, I imagine they probably got their hands on it. I figured it wouldn't matter. I'm going back in time to take care of the problem in the past, right? And now that option has got away from you. And if Mugland has it, I need your help to make him not have it. Can you help me? I will say, given this whole conversation, I will give you a chance here to change this dude's very stubborn mind with a uh, diplomacy check. Okay. Does he want more water? No, I don't think he needs. There's no water bonus on this one, unfortunately. He's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's not harsh and catatonic anymore. He's dealing with the reality of. The world that you just crumbled, you just destroyed this whole dude's worldview. I don't know who to ask for guidance on this one. Chrysler has failed us, so yeah, never mind. That's all right. 33. Oh, that's actually pretty dang good. Oh, nice. Also, I see you two in Discord. Stop fucking trolling me. <laughs> so I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Baby back. <laughs> You're basically with this role, you are you're hitting on all the right notes. You're saying things that can kind of pull close to one. Like he's he's at this really tenuous spot in his mind where he has the potential to go in this really self-destructive downward spiral. But you've given him a path forward. And your words connect with Kosawana and he nods and he takes in like another drink from the water and hands you back the water skin. He takes a deep breath and he reaches into his sort of like belt where he pulls out like this dagger he has. And he kind of like grabs it like fiercely and jumps off the platform. Not not a big dude. You know, he's just the skinny, scrawny little inventor kind of guy comes up to like mid chest height at best. And he's like, all right. Let's do this. I extend my hand. My name is Saruk. I suppose I should have introduced myself first. Kosawana. You're a brave man to come this far alone. Not alone. I cough loud enough for Hal to hear. I'm going to bring everybody else in. But because you didn't actually go back in time and murder an infant, we're going to forget that ever happened and you're not going to tell anyone. And it was just an errant thought that you thought better of. As far as the Pyronite thing, we're going to assume it's reasonable to assume they found it when they went through your workshop. Scion Nixie in chat is redeeming a hydrate in honor of all the water drinking in the game. So everyone hydrate. All I have is coffee. It's a problem. <laughs> Bring it. Bring it. He's like, but you sh- I mean, it was a good plan, though, right? Like it would have worked. It's not a good plan. Not only would you have murdered someone who at the time would have been innocent, the amount of... Look, I don't know shit about temporal mechanics, but I do know that things have rippling effects. And if not... I understand why you felt that way. Closes his eyes, shakes his head. Wait, Saruk, he like stops you for a second and says, if this Droxelos is full of shit, right? Then uh, none of this time travel stuff is even real. Or it was real, and there are there are creatures that live like not upward. 
you don't want to fuck with it. And there's something here that wanted to prevent you from fucking with it that we are now going to have to deal with. Swallows hard, checks gun. What you're saying is there's actually a chance, and he kind of side-eyes the platform again. I'm just going to put a hand on his shoulder and squeeze <laughs> hard enough to make him not think that. Ah, 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 ah. Okay, okay, boss. There are other ways to do it. Don't have enough babysitting to do as it is much, Aqua. You don't think he's going to kill them without us, right? Mm, I don't think so. He's very considerate of your feelings. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows we want to be there, right? Yes, of course. Oh, while, while they were down there, can I take this time to do treat wounds on both Rafi and I? Like, ten minutes each. All right. Do your fir- do yourself first. I'm uh, not too bad off. Yeah, as, as your sort of conversation comes to an end and as you're kind of healing up, you can hear... Like, so are you calling for them? Or are you actually like crawling out, sticking your head out? Or what? what's the deal here? I think I would probably head out once Saruk says I'm bringing my friends. As Hal's doing that, is does Kosa want to look like he's armed with anything other than that dagger? It looks like he's wearing like his like cloth, like priestly robes and this dagger he's clutching. And that's it. I'm going to pull the moderate bottled lightning, which I can't drag and drop on him. I'm going to give him... All of the bottled lightnings I have on my sheet, I'm going to pass over. This is going to get real shitty real quick. You up for it? He nods. Like, I'm in it. Excellent. And I'll I'll go ahead and add those bottled lightnings to his inventory. Hal, there you are. Are we ready for killing then? Killing some. I mean, this uh, poor little man, he's more frail than you, Refugio. But uh, I think Spruce talked to him a little bit, so he's uh, expecting us down here. And uh, I mean, he's a little bit out of his mind, so go easy on him. All right. Uh, after you, Annie, and I'll, I'll help Annie down into the crawl space. Ooh. I'm going to leave Kijak adjacent to the crawl space in case. Well, now that will hurt me real bad. JK, I'm bringing Kijak in. Okay. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's it's too too small of a space for uh, Wyvern to fit in. So Wyvern's left outside on guard duty. So you kind of you guys all emerge and immediately are are shown the splendor of the inside of this solid, smooth geode with this weird wow. floating iron platform and the beauty of this space. Does it remind you of anything, Anita? I'm just wondering if it echoes. Is there an echo? There's a bit of an echo. It's also very much like you're very. There's You don't hear a lot of sound on the outside coming in. It, it seems very like isolated here. It's almost like a sensory deprivation chamber in many ways. Well, mom, this is Anita, Ulysses, Kieran, Mendoza. It's too quiet. It's a little bit too much for me. Still not a cradle. Kosawana comes over and sh- and shakes your hand. Oh, hello. Ni- ni- nice to meet you. I, I gotta ask, and he- you can see there's like a little bit of judgment in his voice. He's like, I-, I just, I have to know, like, 
how on earth did you solve my puzzles? He's like, like, like you're you're not from Bry. You don't know about our regulations, but two two seven. You don't exactly pick up after yourself, man. I I left a trail so everyone would know my good deeds that I'm up to. Then you know how we solved it, because you left a trail. I mean, there's an intellectual bar to 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 get over for the puzzles I left. Slow blanks. Which one of you is the brains? That'd be me. If the brains were all unplugged, filled with too much chocolate and booze, and then given a loaded firearm, yes. He immediately comes over to you, and and he's like, and and you have you already uh, unearthed and. Uh, reverse engineer this pyronite formula. I, I was telling your buddy over there how easy it is, right? Oh, yeah. Like taking candy from a baby. You can see him like kind of like sizing you up and down and like side eyeing and realizing he's being like played with, which he does not appreciate. Refi thinks he's funny. It's the trauma. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anita hears the brains. She was actually really touched by Brian. You couldn't tell. So. All right. So we need a plan, right? We do. You're the, you're the plan maker. He turns to Anita. What's our plan? Well, how? what's our judgment on him? Sirik? Is he good? Is he bad? He's coming back with us. Now, what was he trying to do? What are we trying to do in here? You ever heard the phrase an eye for an eye, Ruffy? Sometimes when you get really low, you can do things that you might not want to do to get that eye. And then he didn't do that because he thought better of it. Should wear a helmet. Hard to get to the eyes. He's not wrong. All right. Mm. He he looks like he's going to say something. And then as Saruk sort of talks, he's like, he like doesn't say what he's going to say. I mean, couldn't it be something as stupid as like going back in time to kill someone, right? Because if you're going back in time, why not just go back in time to prevent them from being born? Like, prevent their mom and dad from, like, actually doing it. You must prevent the tolling of the dog. (laughs) 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 If I was, you know, you could go back and kill the parents, but then that might alter the flow. So what do you, what do you, how do you prevent someone from being born, like? We prevent it by having this discussion any farther. How in Majagwa's name are we going to kill a hound of Tindalos? Focus, please, all of you. Snap, snap, snap. You've been here before us, so have you noticed anything about this creature? Right now, I know that the minute we get out of here, he's just going to pop up. Because outside, it's a, it's a huge hexagon with a, a whole lot of like angles. And he could pop in and out. So how could we get him in here? We'd have more of a chance of defeating him. I mean, he didn't affect me before. He was chasing me through the halls of this place. And I must say, I am a bit f- one of Bry's chosen, so to speak. And he like pushes the glasses up on his nose. And she, she would protect me from his effects. I mean, I made it here, didn't I? She guided me to this chamber. You make eye contact with them? Uh, it was almost as if the world was a bit blurry at the time. Like, I, I knew he was there. I could see the presence, but no, it uh, didn't affect me. Must be nice. Do you know of any way out of here that isn't the front door? I mean, I came in the front door, parked my my ride, so we just got to get back to my ride. Uh, it's probably big enough we could all fit on. Okay, so I have really bad news. When you leave a clockwork 
It tried to hurt us. It, uh... Those damn priests of Bri. They destroyed it. No, they... Look, I'll reimburse you. We can worry about this later. Again, focus, please. You guys are smart. How do we do this? Wait, so how do... How... Okay, I guess step one, just get out. We can deal with... All right, so why was it blurry? Is it because you have glasses on and then you weren't wearing them when you saw him? Because we've been through the depths of this cradle, this temple, and... And... And we've been attacked by this uh, time dog a couple of times already. Regardless if we were touched by Bri or not. I mean, no matter what struck at me, no wounds were left. I assume because I was so important to her. It is reasonable to assume at this point that either Yogg-Sothoth saw fit to guide you here so you could do something terrible, or how badly do you see with your glasses off? Oh, these are just readers. Okay, so no way out but the front door. We're not going to get to the front door. He genuinely believes that he was blessed by Bri, and she is the reason that nothing could hurt him as he wandered through this place. Even after being shown the... Damn it, damn it, Kosawana... Ah, problem solved, Veto. I mean, Kosoana walks out the front door. We follow. Easy enough. Just glares at Refi. We're not going to get out without having to fight it. How do we fight it? I I pull the single smokestick I have left. Anybody else? I don't have a lot anymore. And the book that we found, the only thing that mentioned any of its weaknesses is are the angles like if it could take away its mobility then maybe it would help us a little bit because it just pops in and out if we can go ahead we could either book it back to the chamber where Droxolos entombed himself or how about those quartz on the wall were those making sufficient angles for a hound to do terrible things at us seems to be probably an area that you're pretty well protected from him. And if we fight it, we fight him from back here. I mean, you saw sunlight coming down from the area up on that roof in that hallway, the, the causeway of course, or whatever you call it. I mean, perhaps we can go over there and, and give somebody a boost or climb up myself and maybe we can dig a little place out and come out the top. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I don't think we're stepping out of this chamber without meeting our friend again, though. Yeah, because I am out of resources. I don't have any smokesticks anymore, and I just checked Wybert's bum. There's nothing in there as well. Kosawana, does this chamber seal from inside? The only way in or out is this crawl space that you guys are using, and so you know, it's not really a lock secure sort of thing. It's just sort of like you move the the movable floorboard and then crawl in and seal it behind you. But it's, there's no lock. It's just like perfectly flush with the ground and then this trench that's sort of been dug out where people can kind of crawl into the space. So it's not super secure in that sense. So step one, we hold up here for long enough for Anita to get her reagents together. If the hound wants to come at us, there's only one entry point. And once it gets in here, I think I circle with my hands. This is our home turf and we want to be here. Mm-hmm. Also, we know that it sees us with the uh, with the ever-burning torches. Now that we want it gone, are we still opposed to just, like, breaking the torches? Anita, you can steal your heart's content. No, just I can't break believe I'm it. saying that. 
Could do. I think if you go out and just run, just run, 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 break, 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 and hope we make it. That's what I said. Kosawana, with his protection, takes the lead, and we follow. Rafi, you're not that stupid. I said I'm the brains, right? You, you never change, my friend. But, uh, I got two smoke six left. Yeah, I got two. I have one. Each of us get one. All right, so you've got the formula then, right? I mean, that's why we're protecting him, right? Why we're bringing him back. Like he's like, I got it up here, kiddo. I'm back at my workshop, but your friend said we could take care of that problem. Get back. We have a mutual enemy. I'm trying to think of other weaknesses it has. So when we tried to Ruffy and Halbert, when you when you tried to shoot it or hit it, did it affect it at all? So I think what we know right now is we need to get it. And Steve, you can correct me. Or rather, Steve, what do we know about this thing right now in terms of weaknesses and resistances and such? I think I'll, I'll have Kosawana kind of pipe in and help give what he knows from his perspective, too. But, like, essentially, most of its defenses come from being against, like, angles, like 90-degree angles or more acute angles. So if it's adjacent to, like, a wall or where the, the floor meets the ceiling, something to that effect it gets a boost to its sort of defenses. It's able to bend space and time around itself to cause your attacks to be hard to hit, to be resistant to the damage you're dealing. But if you can isolate it, separate it, so it's not adjacent to a wall in some way, you know, physically moving it such, it loses that sort of protection it has, and that's when it's most vulnerable. So the, the plan from Kosawana's perspective would be find a way to move it and then that's when you hit it when it's weakest think you can pull that off Hal I'll give him the best shot uh, I'll pull out the I have an unusual crystal and an unusual ring in my inventory I present them to Kosawana do you know what these are let's see he will attempt to uh, so the the unusual crystal he immediately knows what it is um, so I'll go ahead and identify that. And he's like, oh, that's a that's an Aeon Stone. It's like it's one. Oh, it's my uh, I had one back in my workshop. It's a clear quartz octagon to be used to like repair things. And the just holds his hand so he blocks the clear quartz octagon. Eon Stone <laughs> just floating around his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's, it's basically another one of those. And then the other thing. He, uh, he takes a look. I'll ma- I'll have him make a check at least to see if he can identify it. I suppose I'll clue him in. Okay. Clue in bonus. He is not. He, he takes a look at it, but he's not able to piece it. It's like very interesting. Um, but he's not able to to figure out what this thing is. Okay, fine. So we have smoke sticks. We use. How's ability to move people about to keep the dog off the walls? And I stab him in the eye. Yes, that would be quite. Looks, but does he look like he can actually like use the dagger? 
the way he's holding it and the way that he seems to be like banding it about. I mean, he's no warrior, but he can handle himself with a dagger. Fair enough. You know, he does have the ability to cast. He, well, he says he has the ability to cast some spells, but seems to be in the last few minutes that you've spent with him. No sign that that seems to be functioning. So, so Root, could I get you off to the side real quick? Sure. I can't. Ask me in public. All right. Well, you know how the time dog wants Kosawana dead. Correct. What? Yes, he wants you dead. He actually wants your head. And so I was thinking, what if we tell the time dog, you, because you're more persuasive, that, you know, Kosawana put up a fight and, you know, he's a really strong fella. But now we've had, well, now we have him incapacitated inside this dome, but we can't bring him out because, you know, like the rest of us is also trying to, you know, like treat our wounds. You're the only one that survived. Maybe Ruffy could put in a punch on you so that you're all bloody when you meet the time dog. And then, like, he comes in, he's all like, all right, let me go ahead and pick up this Kosawana fellow. And then when he, when you and the time dog come inside this circle thing, we come in an ambush. It's worth a shot. Right? I punch Rook in the face. Yeah. I raise my shield. Or I, <laughs> I lean so you punch the tusk. <laughs> like, just tell him that he put up a fight. Like, he was set up for an ambush. There was an explosion that killed, like, three of us. You're the only one that survived. So, so, so out of character. I assume that falls well outside all of the too many tenants that are stable to Saruk. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know. Right? What, what are your uh, you. tenants right now? Uh, so, <laughs> this has just become an alignment discussion. Uh, let me just, 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 let me just. Your, just. Um, your official alignment is currently chaotic good. I let me grab the causes. As a liberator, I must respect the choices others make over their own lives. I can't force someone to act a particular way with them, and if they don't, I must demand and fight for others' freedom to make their own decisions. You may never engage or countenance slavery or tyranny. Additionally, uh, tenants a good, tenants a good, tenants a good. Never knowingly harm an innocent. Kosawana is questionable AF. Or allow immediate harm to one through inaction. So stay on Refi forever. The tenant doesn't force you to take action against blah, 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 blah. And then so far as Kazital is concerned. Yeah, there's so many like different like <laughs> like different uh, angles to this, right? Yeah. Play a paladin and Alkenstar. What can go wrong? I'm having a blast. What can go wrong <laughs> is you, sir. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so defend your people. Provide for those who need you. Oppose those who unjustly lord power over others. Demonstrate devotion to the things you love and your own, your anathema is. Don't own a slave. Don't force a creature to act against its will. Ref- don't refuse to give aid to an ally or don't enforce an unjust law. All that being said, I don't hear anything. Seems to... to, to don't lie to doggos. Do. Yeah, there's nothing about like forcing to tell the truth or being deceptive like that all seems to gel with what how I'm reading your, your deity like and, and class restrictions. So then it just becomes a role play choice for you and Saru. Okay. So then do I, could I, I still got this hound of Tindalos lore that I have floating around. Can I 
recall knowledge with it to see if this is viable at all. Sure. Alrighty. Here goes the worst blind roll. Rick, is your hand up for a question? Yes. So, in the hallway, you said there was some light streaming through the ceiling. And you also said that this thing came to a point up high. This thing we're in. So the chamber you're in is like 80 feet up. Yeah, and then the where the quartz crystals are in the more natural space, I said there was like a little bit of like open air, maybe like 50 feet up. So Hal's going to think, hey, if we can get to the top of this thing and break it, we could potentially break out of here and not have to go run back through the hallway. Sure, but then it pops out of the wall somewhere and looks at us and suddenly we're cut up and dead. In here, in this round circle, it's not going to jump into nothing. I mean, if we climb up here and he points up there and, and this guy here like blows it up with his when he posts his head with his pyronite knowledge like that would blow the roof off of this place literally. And then we could just you know, perhaps get up there and climb out the top and not have to go back through this place. That's something you think is doable while y'all discuss whatever it is y'all are talking about. I glance at Anita. You're the expert here. I mean, I'll say like with the layout and the way that the, the room is sort of described and stuff like the 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 chamber you're in with like where it's designed and it's like an actual uh, manufactured part of the temple, like especially where the top of the sphere is. The ceiling to there is just closed, right? It's it's 30, 40 feet above the sphere. There's no getting on top of this and getting to safety. But if you were to get on top of this, you're not far from the wall, which is then a short climb over to where it is. So it's not it's not like you can stand on this and get to freedom, but you can stand on this and be halfway or most of the way to freedom. But you have to find a way to like climb on the wall and then back out into that chamber and then up. So it's it's a very physical demanding activity, but it's definitely a way out of here. It's worth a shot if you guys can engineer it. We can use the sound of the explosion inside here to make the lie more believable. So we're planning on fighting the time doggo then. The way I see it. Annie, come here for a second. I will say too, like the quartz crystal wall provides an ample, decent foothold for even the most like average person could potentially climb up it. And I take off the helm, thunder helm, and I put it on Annie's head. This should help, uh, help you with, uh, possibly not seeing eye to eye with that dog. So with your, um, with your hound of Tindalos Lord check, Saruk, I would say, if anything, it's hard to, to know, like, you're talking about deceiving a creature with a mind that's beyond our world, and you you're unsure one way or another with strong opinion whether this will work you're just you come up with a blank it might work it might not it might be able to see through your deception it might fall for it just because you know it wouldn't expect something so simple in short you know you come up with with no discernible actionable information on that recall knowledge tip. the plan is too stupid to fail would you say 
climb out. I mean, are you talking climb out of this thing on the outside and then you head this way? Or are you talking about climb the other way? I didn't follow the direction on what you're talking about. There There is like openings, open air openings above this natural cavern, like over here, like where the quartz wall is kind of above the quartz wall. So if you were to climb up the quartz wall, which is solid, the full like 50 feet to the ceiling, you could potentially get up and out and on top of the cliffs where this cradle exists. But the other direction is just solid wall in an 80 foot chamber that kind of goes up into a point. It's like you're inside what looks like a quartz crystal. This chamber was carved to look like the inside of a quartz crystal. There's no openings within the actual cha- proper chamber. I'm going to look towards the need and say, I didn't think that was going to blow up. Kosawana, are you carrying any explosives right now? Kosawana, only, the only thing he has on him is his dagger and the potions you gave him. That pulls out a couple of swirling lightning potions. So Operation Pyronite is dead in the water then. Right now, the only explosive I have is, oddly enough, Lyserium. And I have one vial of it. I could, if we, if I'm able to rest, I could make some more of it. I think at that point, if we're eight hours later, I think we should use what you're making to plan on when the hound attacks us. Even if we blow a hole in the ceiling, there's still a point where we're out of here over where things are going to go sideways. We can, if you guys really want to try it, then I'll support it. But I don't think it's going to work out the way we envision it. I mean, we can always try. I'll go up there. I mean, y'all can stay here. I'll climb up the wall, see if I can get myself through. See if there's any handholds. Need your rope, and I'll point you to Terrafical or whoever has a rope, obvious. You going back outside? Yeah, I mean, what is he going to do? We're still looking for this thing, or we're still looking for this guy. Like, I can head out, climb up this quartz wall, and see what happens if... uh if he happens to attack me, I can just jump in the hole again, close my eyes, and crawl here as fast as I can. All right. Good luck. All right. Just a reminder that uh, those eyes of that dog weren't the only attacks it had. No, but those are the ones that hurt the most. We can deal with things biting at us. All right, Hal. Be safe. And I think I'll grab the rope and start to head back out and dutifully head towards the crystal wall. Now, is this all? Are you like skulking around in the? Yeah, I'm gonna try to sneak in the in the dark as through the through the crawl space. I'm not sure how much light is out in this area. I imagine there's some light here, but so like in this in this chamber, right? There's there are these hexagonal quartz lamps all around the chamber, which you know is tied to not only light but vision of this creature. But once you get out to like over here where the quartz wall is, it's it's back to being pretty dim lit. Yep. So I think I'm just gonna crawl out of the space, beat feet, uh, head down, hop pulled low, and just walk over to the quartz, start crawling up it. Give me a, so this would probably be a sort of like almost like a recall knowledge survival just as you assess looking at the situation, how hard you think it might be for, you know, an untrained person to accomplish. For you looking at it, it looks like something you could handle without breaking much of a sweat. 
25. So in game terms, I would say climbing this wall is probably like a DC 10 check. Like the, it's a climbing check. DC 10, it's, it's designed in a way to be not designed, but it is built in a way that it wouldn't be that hard for people to find handholds, footholds and go up. But knowing how fast you move with like checks, right? You can move half your speed on a success climbing and this is 40 feet tall. And then the hard part is once as you get closer to the top, the, the quartz crystal sort of thin out and there's about at least a solid five feet of like free climbing to get to the roof. Having something like a rope hanging down would go a long way in helping a person to get it. That's why Hal took two ropes. Yeah. So it is definitely something that is doable. I think with your assessment being if you guys were forced, if you were caught in a bad situation and forced to fight while you're on the wall, it's going to put you guys in a terrible disadvantage. But it is a way out. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can climb it first and just I'm looking. At, so you tell me, did I make it my way out? And I'm looking up the wall and saying, no. I'm not sure Kosawana can make this. And if that dog comes and maybe. Yeah, there is there is sort of like this, like echoey, dark tendrils voice kind of pushes its way into your head as you're looking up and you hear the like. What are you doing? And you f- you hear the hound of Tindalos in your head, Hal. Just looking for an escape route. Once we find this, uh, once we find this guy and tries to blow us up or blow something up, you got to be able to get out. I mean, unless you could say we can go out the front door. You are free to leave the front door after you bring him to me. All right. So can I, do I have to bring him to you or can I like lead you to him once we find him? You can feel like the voice, like kind of probing in and out of your head. Just lead me to him. I will do the work. Okay, and I'll kind of nod into the darkness, not knowing where this dog might be. Maybe I'm looking at one of the lamps and be like, okay, and then I'll head back into the chamber. Yeah, you never saw uh, you never saw him. You just heard his voice in your head. If you want to give me an active perception check, you can look around and see if you can see where he might be. Okay, now I'm just assuming because Saru broke that lamp one time that he jumped out of the wall there. So I'm going to look at the lamp and be like, nod. Yeah, okay, I hear you and crawl back into the hole and say I'm not sure we're going to be able to make it up to the top with uh, and look at Kosawana and maybe back at Anita it's it's, it's going to be quite a climb but I did talk to the time dog and he said uh, lead me to Kosawana and he'll take care of the rest so we have an option to now bring him here if that's something you think is uh to our advantage or a more advantageous position as it were do we still have time to get our shit together I mean I, I didn't tell him I'd be back in a minute I just said okay alright Kijok I think it would be better if you left no I'm manifesting the idol on 
And there's there is zero chance in hell of Wybert getting in here, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 like the tunnel is built where like even like a medium sized like creature is like squeezing to get in, basically. So And is like the entry square like this one? It's like it's like a yeah, basically right on the north side. It's like the tile is removed, so it's like you crawl down and then in and then back up and out. There's just a hollow square where you can kind of get to this access tunnel. Well, two choices. Option one, we wait eight hours, hope our esteemed hosts will allow us to. Anita, you make enough shit to blow this place to kingdom come. We lure it in here and then kick its ass. Option two, we kick its ass right now. Don't feel comfortable kicking its ass right now because there's not a lot for me to do. I only have blight bombs and maybe like a thunderstone. Heck, I only have like two elixirs and if it was, if it only took like two of its attacks to almost kill one of us, I don't know if I would have enough to make sure that people are up to be, to at least try and take it down. Okay, then we dig in. I mean, yeah, the, the good news being Kosawana has managed to stay here for, and, you know, at least he got like a few day head start on you guys, like, so seems to be a pretty safe place that the hound can't at least teleport in and out of it doesn't seem to want to come in this circular chamber so as long as you guys camp out you're free to camp out another night build everything like get set anita to work and start building everything she needs mm-hmm. to make for the next day and refresh your reagents and take another uh rest for the night here that's fine i mean there's really not much pressure sensitivity time to do so i'm cool with that I think while we wait, do you think one of y'all can uh, craft me or at least come up with a a slick design for like a collar and a leash, you know, because uh, I, I don't want to, I mean, the dog, maybe he can, maybe I can lead him down here. You know what I mean? Sir, it just looks at you like you've lost your damn mind. It's a sentient being. I, I, I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Refi. You're not going to say anything, smartassy? Not at all? I think I'll leave this one alone. I'm so proud of you, Rolls Eyes. I very much doubt a Hound of Tindalos will let you collar it. I'm going to lead it, and I don't want to look at it. I mean, you don't have to. I can try to fashion it myself, and perhaps I can get lucky and lasso it up and pull it into this room if it doesn't want to come in. I mean, oh, mm. Now I see what you mean. Okay, I thought you were just being weird. Uh, I th- I have a I have a an extra rope. It's like fifty feet. Um, let me see. I mean, even if I just tell it to hold its mouth and I can lead it to, I mean, who knows? You know, perhaps you can fashion it, and he just follows me in here, and when he it they step into this room, I can try to pull it out and excuse me I can try to lasso it and pull it from the small crawl hole we came through that's all I'm thinking maybe y'all are better that tying knots and creating stuff and I pointed to Anita and being you know clockworky and click clack ding dong Mm -hmm. (laughs) like a trap yes like a trap I'll see what I can do because technically I can crap I can craft, but I need four days. I mean, perhaps what I'm looking is like, make me a good slipknot. That's all. Oh, 
All right. That's it. I can do. I mean, I can do it. I could do that. Much better that than I am. Yeah, I could do that for you. No problem. All right. So if we if we stay in it and then we we we've gotten rid of all the angles that it needs. Do we still need smoke sticks for this fight, or or should I just create stuff that goes boom? Do we, Steve? Uh, yes. The wall that the wall provides protection. It's a defense. It's a defensive measure, so it's able to warp space and time around it to kind of allow the angles to give it the damage resistance it has. But none of like the the gaze and all of that is not tied to. The angular of the wall. That's just a defensive abilities it has. I wish there was a way for me to craft like a pair of glasses that would give us item boosts, but a day isn't enough for that. So interesting thing. I'm flipping through the, the stuff that we have. We have three doses of hunting spider venom. I know it's the probability of the sticking on it is probably abysmal, but I feel like this is a pull everything out the party loot right goddamn now kind of thing. So I'm thinking we might put a dose on like Hal's sword, one of my ballista bolts, and like a bullet from Refi. Thoughts? I'm down. But those are not my items. <laughs> yeah. yeah, They're in the party loot, yeah. I, I don't remember where. I think we got them from... Where is the party loot? It's probably on the ship. Is it? God, where is our hunting spider venom? Wyber's bum does have an inventory, but like I think all of your, you know, party loot stuff is back at the ship. It's not something you guys took with you when you left on your adventure. A single minor elixir of life, which I'm going to. Grab question mark. I feel like if we go out in the, the closet time, we're going <laughs> to just a minute. Hang on. Opens trunk of car, grabs potion. It's being real shitty. We'll get right with you. Goes back. I mean, Weiber is kind of standing right over the hole. So you can pretty much just like kind of like reach up and get that in without leaving. Yeah, yeah like his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Weiber, squat down here. <laughs> I'm just going to drag this bush into my inventory. We're not going to worry about it. At the same time, the honey spider venom is so tiny. Like, I'll allow you guys to pull that and add that to your inventory right now. Just say, like, retroactively, you've been carrying it around. It's I'm not that that sounds cool. Like, let's not let the consumables go to waste. Right. Remember that part where I said you're a really good GM. Let me say it again. You're a really good GM. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, someone can take this hunting spider venom. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know where you got it was on. It was on. Wait, what? The powder cake punks didn't it come from. No, the hunting spider venom came off of uh, Lucky, the guy that was sabotaging you on the airship. He had it on him. Not so lucky. Yeah, the not so lucky links. So if Hal and Refi want to grab one of those hunting spider venoms. So at the same time, I think the biggest thing with this sort of rest going for the night and building this up is like Anita's got to choose what to spend all of her daily rate. I know, I have to think. So we have, oh, fucking all the smokesticks we're carrying are going to expire. All the smokesticks we have are going to expire and then Anita will craft more with her daily prep at least. How many, how many, and if I'm, if I'm playing your character for you, you know, throw something at my face and I'll shut up. But 
How many reagents do you have right now? Seis. Six. I speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, so you have six. And each reagent can make two items, right? You can make two smoke sticks with one reagent. A smoke stick lasts for a minute. I do think this will probably be resolved one way or another in fucking ten rounds. So I feel like and smoke stick. Then what's the biggest explosive you have in your formula book right now? Right now? And I don't know why Anita has this. But her strongest one is the Lycerium. I mean, you probably got the formula from Shoma. Yeah, it's the trauma. That's why you have it. Yeah. Exactly. It was in Shoma's formula book. Yeah. Just so I can read it. Uh, yeah. Alchemist fire. Lycerium is a combination of volatile liquids that ignite when exposed to air. It deals only 2d8 fire damage, 2 persistent, and 2 fire splash. I gain a plus one item bonus to attack rolls. Yeah, that's the biggest explosive thing you can create. You don't have like... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, bottled lightning. Yeah, right now that is the biggest explosive that I can create. So I feel like... And the biggest healing is minor elixirs of life. Is that right? Or did we buy these? I think I might have bought these. I mean, while y'all are looking through the, all those ingredients, I mean, perhaps this guy at any point can make something go big, big boom. Like, like I'm going to look at him and say, can you, like, make something that really goes big with all this stuff that they have piled right here? I would love a grenade bouquet just in the passageway that falls on this thing's head. Yeah, so I guess the real question is, like, what what sort of ingredients do you have? I know, like, Anita's got the, the sort of rage and some of the daily stuff, but that's really tied to like it's it's not like a it's like she's throwing together things like making something out of nothing right it's like her specific formulas and things like that um if you have a proper setup with actual things then kosawana could even particularly like whip up potentially like pyronite or something but you would need to have later. like yeah yeah well i mean not according to the new treasure vault crafting rules consumables it's oh <gasps> really three or two days later it can go down more depending on the item, but the, the Power Knight is not a simple thing, so it's not going to be made that fast. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he has the ability in this space with what you have to craft something as powerful as Power Knight. No. Yeah, that's the strongest I could do is the moderate Lycerium. I also have, you know, the... I also have the formula for Power Knight. It's just... My lab used to be in Wybert's bum, but we had to make space, so now it's in the airship. Yeah. And the biggest heal you can make is what? The minor elixirs at the Which, moment. Got it. Yeah, sure. and Anita's al advanced alchemy level is only like level three, so the items that she can make on the fly is not quite as high as your class level. Right. So you got six things you can make at the end of the rest and then a bunch that you can make as the adventuring day goes on, right? Uh, what do you mean? I forget how Alchemist and Chewie is a thing I haven't played yet. I know you have things that you make in a given day and then things you can make for an action. Well, for a quick alchemy, I still need like reagents for that. However, like if I spend everything for just the day, 
then I won't be able to use my quick alchemy. So what I've been doing lately is I've been doing half and half. Half would be for my daily prep and then half for whatever I need during a fight or during the day. Makes sense. So what about... Benefit being anything you do up front at the beginning of the day, you make them in pairs or you make twice as much. Mm-hmm. And if you do it in the moment as an action, you can only make one of one. for the rate. Yeah. yeah. So that's the trade-off. Got it. So then one makes two in this calculus. That makes it a little easier. Right. So then, so four equals two. Brain equals hurt. Heck, heck, hard math. So I'm good at math. That one I can help you with. (laughs) So, okay. What if, what I propose is uh, using, this is what you make. So all of that is cut in half. You use one reagent for two smokesticks and two for four of healing potions and laserium. And then you leave everything else for on the fly, depending on how pear-shaped this goes. You have three remaining, right? No, just one. I would have one. Because for my for the elixir. Yeah, because with that, I, I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. So then two, 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 and then mm-hmm. leave the others to go on the fly. Mm-hmm. 